Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, folks. Randy, we saw Ex Post Facto. We did. Episode 8 of Season 1 of Star Trek Voyager. That is correct. And as far as I could tell, uh, it didn't involve any time travel. So, <laughs> Yes. Uh, Although well, it involves some other interesting... Uh, of a sort. It, it Sci-fi flashbacks. Tropes. True. I guess that is in itself a type of uh, time travel. <laughs> but uh, the original air date for this was February 27th, 1995. Yep. Uh, this episode is notable because it was directed by LeVar Burton. Oh, Jordy himself. Mm-hmm. That's right. When I was looking up some details on this before we started recording, uh, you know, I usually look at who it was written by, who the original story was by, who it was directed by, and, you know, immediately your eyes are drawn to LeVar Burton. <laughs> so, um, yeah, take a look. It's in a book. Ex post facto. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. That was really bad. <laughs> um, The episode opens up on... Uh, a shoe. It's a, uh, <laughs> a, it's a dark and stormy night. Everything's in black and white. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a pair of shoes on the floor. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it turns out that it's Tom Paris. He's seeing these visions. Mm-hmm. From the first person. Yes. From the first Seen person. Seen through, through the eyes of someone. Yeah, he looks around, he sees a dog, uh, and then he goes over to the atrium, and uh, he sees himself kissing a woman. Okay. So, that's not that unusual. Wait, you said he sees himself kissing a woman. Yep. Okay. There are two of them. Uh, uh, no. Two Parises. No, it turns out he's seeing everything from the point of view of a man named Tolan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paris is kissing Tolan's wife. Ah, Paris. I mean, he's a player, but... Yeah, that's taking it to the next generation. Right, next (laughs) level? I guess that's the right way to say it. So, uh, Tolan is like, oh, that's my wife, what are you doing? And Paris grabs a blade, stabs Tolan. So, Paris is getting stabbed in the first person by himself. (laughs) <laughs> and uh it turns out this is all a punishment from uh this race called the Benians. Mhm. Uh they make their the criminals relive the final moments of their victims' death. Mm-hmm. Uh, one once every 14 hours. Right. And they're they're sort of replaying this to confirm that Paris did indeed commit this heinous crime yeah and he has to live with the guilt of killing this person forever is that right yep forever Just kind of every 14 hours for the rest of his life he's gonna be murdered so there you go folks welcome to the penal system of the 24th century yeah as paris himself points out this is very different than the new zealand penal colony he was on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where he was, like, gardening or something, and apparently had a lot of ladies, we've learned over the past few episodes. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's telling tales. Uh, then the opening credits hit, and when we come back, Kess is being quizzed by the doctor about 
various treatments. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, Kes is continuing her studies as a doctor's assistant. Um, Kes asked the doctor whether he's picked a name yet. Uh, this is a carryover from the last episode. Uh-huh. Or at the very end, the doctor's like, I want a name. Uh, the doctor says he asked Janeway for one, but Kess says, why don't you choose one for yourself? Uh-huh. To which he responds, he's a hologram, and holograms don't make choices. They just act as their program to do. Okay. So that's kind of going against a bit of what we're um, learning so far about the doctor as, as an AI, I guess. Um, they're saying he doesn't make choices. So he can't make choices in treating patients um yeah that's something kess brings up and he responds that he has a variety of treatments a entire library of treatments in his data banks mm-hmm. and yeah so if something happens then this is the treatment you know if someone okay. comes in with a burn on their hand this is the treatment for that burn. not but he doesn't evaluate the situation and say, oh, this treatment, I could do five different things, but this is the best treatment. Or, right. Hmm. Interesting. Although, he did make holographic lungs for Neelix. Right. And I doubt that that was in his databank already. Right. Uh, we best not go around <laughs> poking too many holes in this. Or he might not know the treatment for that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, just then, Janeway alerts the doctor that an injured crewman is going to be beamed into sick bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be Kim or Paris. They don't know which one because uh, wh- whoever it is is on the shuttlecraft that's coming back to Voyager, um, but they can't hail the shuttlecraft. Okay. They just so- know that there's one person on board. Okay, so they don't have a transporter lock on this person that should supposedly show them who it's going to be. <laughs> They're just randomly transporting someone over. Uh, it could be a, it could be an enemy. Uh, apparently, yeah. Okay. Uh, it turns out it's Harry Kim. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> I mean, we as the audience know that because Paris has been captured by the big yeah. Ones. Okay, so it's it's all about showing their surprise mm-hmm. when they see it's good old Harry Kim. Harry Kim, he's been, uh, he's dehydrated. Uh, he's been interrogated for the last two days. Ooh. Um, he tells Janeway that Paris was left behind because Paris was accused of murdering an engineering physicist named Tolan Wren. Uh, so, yeah, this is where we, we're all catching up. The Voyager crew is catching up on what we, the audience, know. Yeah, we actually knew more than they did for a change. Wait, no, I guess that's not that uncommon <laughs> on Voyager. As, as Kim is telling the story, we see a flashback of when Kim and Paris first meet Tolan Wren. Uh, Tolan mentioned something about staying one step ahead of the Numiri who are a race at war with the Benians. Uh, so there's some sort of interstellar conflict here. Uh-huh. Kim and Paris visit Tolan's home and because uh, they're invited for dinner. This is where they meet Liddell, uh, Tolan's wife, who is much younger than Professor Wren. Uh-huh. 
Uh, Paris has a, a quite obvious interest in Liddell. Uh, even Harry Kim makes note of this. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's really not very good at kind of hiding his emotions, um, which I'm guessing is this isn't the last time that's going to get him into trouble. I mean, he's already kind of ticked off Neelix with his kind of obvious interest in Cass, <laughs> right? Right. So, <sighs> Paris. Tom Paris, he's a troublemaker. <laughs> Well, yeah, we're going to find out more about that soon. Well, what we learn is that Tolan Wren is a workaholic. And because he's so focused on his work, he's not paying attention to his wife. His wife is very bored with her marriage, uh, very unhappy with her marriage. Um, Kim tells Janeway that while he and Tolan were working together, Paris went off to talk with Liddell uh, and that... Paris and Liddell met again the next day, uh, the day when Tolan was murdered. So it's not looking too good for Tom Paris. Mm-hmm. So this is already sort of coming together as a murder mystery. Yes. Janeway sends Voyager off to the Benin homeworld. They gotta go get their man, after all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Janeway's in a red room when she's visited by Neelix. Your uh-huh. good, good pal Neelix. He's back. Uh, Where were to, you, Neelix? <laughs> she wants to know a little more about the Numiri, and uh, Neelix says the Numiri are not to be trifled with. Uh, don't don't mess with these guys, and that's the reason he had suggested they meet with the Benians instead, because the Numiri are so secretive. A Numiri ship appears in front of Voyager, and to Neelix's surprise, it's only one ship. And this ship seems really friendly uh, from Neelix's point of view. They're they're allowing Voyager to pass through the war zone. Right, right. He says something along the lines of, you know, that's even though the even though the 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 person you know that contacts Voyager is sort of a jerk. He points out that I guess it's like that's downright pleasant for them. Mm-hmm. Like they're usually not that nice. So yeah, they didn't hmm. they didn't attack Voyager at all. They just said, "Yeah, you're welcome to come through. Just know that it's a war zone, and if you help the Benians, then you're going to be our enemy." And and Janeway assures them that uh, they're just there to be a neutral party, and that they're there to just get Paris out. Uh-huh. Uh, Janeway and Tuvok beam down to Benia, and they meet the minister who explains that Paris has already been tried and convicted of the murder, uh, and he's been implanted with the memory engrams from the victim's brain. So he's just kind of explaining how Paris is having these visions every 14 hours. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of messed up. Like, he's <laughs> he's not a Benin citizen, but right. he's already been tried and convicted before Janeway and the crew can get down there to defend him right because they basically don't have any due process there they just they take the memories of the victim as kind of the final word on what happened um janeway and tuvok meet up with paris paris explains from his point of view what happened this is kind of like rashomon in a way 
Yeah, it's uh, sort of like the same story being told from a bunch of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And also, um, you know, at this point, I, I made a note that that Paris looks really bad. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's normally so kind of well put together, and his hair is all disheveled, and it looks like he hasn't slept in a week. But I guess that's kind of what would happen if every 14 hours you were being killed, basically. Yeah. I mean, you would not be in a good mindset. Yeah. Um, Paris explains what happened from his point of view. Uh, he left Harry and Tolan, as as Kim had mentioned earlier. And he uh, Paris went out to meet Liddell in the atrium. She's smoking. She's talking about how boring her life is. Uh, she's very much a femme fatale from film noir here. I mean, this entire episode is a film noir episode. Yeah, I think it's it's if it's not apparent from you know the black and white photography of the memory and from just the entire way it's shot and and the story itself. Um, you know, it's basically in reading some of the background on the episode. That's basically like the purpose of it. You know, it was meant to be film noir, and Lavar Burton shot it, so it looked like film noir. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so she's very much a femme fatale. Um, Paris, before he can continue, he passes out due to uh, the implant. It turns out that he has an incompatibility with the Benin implant since, you know, he's not a Benin. <laughs> Maybe they need to get back the um, the aliens from a couple episodes ago that could make anything compatible <laughs> with any other physiology. Right. I don't know. So Janeway asks that uh, Paris be allowed to return to Voyager so that the doctor can examine him. And uh, the Benin doctor agrees and says, yeah, this is going to be a problem. Um, so... It turns out that Paris's implants can cause serious brain damage if they continue. Tuvok takes... A, I mean, he's the security officer. He takes it upon himself to be a detective. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, qu- he wants to question Paris when he wakes up, but in the meantime, he's going to go examine the murder scene and speak to Liddell. So Tuvok goes down to, L- uh, down to Benia, talks to Liddell... Uh, she claims that she ended her 10-year marriage because meeting Paris uh, pushed her over the edge. She wanted to leave earlier, but she fell in love with Tom Paris, and she just wanted to get out of her loveless marriage. Uh, when she talks, there's a flashback to the rainy night. Uh, Paris and Liddell start making out a bit. <laughs> In her in her house in with her, her house. husband around, yeah. Paris is resisting because he says, "Oh, you're married. Uh, we can't do this. I'm going to be leaving anyway." Uh, so Liddell tells Tuvok. Well, after that, she made tea, and she and Paris talked for a while. Uh, they went out to the atrium, and then, as we know, Tolan gets killed by supposedly Paris. Uh, I, know, I made a note that Tuvok is the perfect detective due to his just-the-facts-ma'am attitude. Exactly. I mean, he is a Vulcan, so he's all about logic and just the facts. Uh, when Paris wakes up, he confirms Liddell's story up to a point. Um, he confirms that, yes, they were kissing a bit, and yes, they had tea, but he doesn't remember anything after that. Um. 
the doctor confirms that Paris is telling the truth because they're monitoring the autonomic responses. Yeah, they basically have him hooked up to a lie detector, right? Right. A polygraph, I'm sorry. Yes, a polygraph. A futuristic polygraph. That's Space polygraph. The doctor says that no, that the Beneans who found Paris say there were no narcotics in his system, and the doctor can't find any narcotics because it's been, you know, days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't know if Paris is, was drugged by the tea. Mm. At that point, a Voyager gets attacked by the Numiri. Uh, Chakotay is piloting Voyager instead of, since Paris is out, which is a little bit weird because don't they have officers to replace yeah, some ensigns or something to yeah. take the helm. Well, anyways, maybe Chakotay just wanted to get in there and fly, <laughs> fly like, a starship around. It's like I want to do something now. Mm-hmm. Um, as they're being attacked, he talks about this old Maquis trick they're going to do to trick these new Miri. Right, because the captain's going to execute a, a special maneuver. Mm-hmm. Like she's telling them, you know, prepare to execute. A special, you know, Starfleet maneuver. Not Order 66. Right. No, don't, no. And don't execute Order Number 5 with a side of beans and rice. You know. <laughs> no. It's, uh, it's, it's Order something or other. It always kind of, it always kind of made me laugh a little bit in Star Trek when they say, well, we're going to, you know, execute this maneuver. Like they just had these maneuvers that would just work in any, well, you know, there's like the Picard maneuver. Yeah. That kind of thing. Well, but they just have them down by number. They're, they're like, just like football players. They got plays yeah, to memorize. Mm-hmm. Like, you got turn left, turn right, spin. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so he did, he executes this Maquis trick by, uh, basically, they make the Voyager look like it's been damaged. So the Numeri come in to get them with a tractor beam, and then Voyager blasts them with phasers and takes off at impulse power. Yeah, and laughs. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, and Janeway is like, oh, this is an old trick. And Chakotay says, well, out here, all the old tricks are new. Oh, that's pretty good. That's true, too. Yeah. Tuvok wants to do a mind meld so he Ooh. can see what Paris is seeing. Uh, everyone tells Tuvok, don't do it. It's too dangerous. But Yeah, and it's also like the first, first mind meld in... TV track and like forever. They do the mind meld. Uh, Tuvok sees everything that Paris and we, the audience, have already seen. After the mind meld, Tuvok says he's figured everything out. He knows yeah. he knows why he knows why Paris has been accused of murder. Uh, he knows that Paris is innocent of this murder, and he knows why the New Miri are attacking Voyager. Mm. Uh. Janeway talks to the Benin minister and the doctors there, the Benin doctor. Uh, he says that she says that the implants are torturing Paris and, uh, she's, she wants those implants out. The minister says, well, we have to give them punishment. And as we learned earlier, the Benin punishment prior to the implants was lethal injection. Mm, so, okay. So I guess this is a little more civilized. I'm not sure. He is being tortured by getting brain damage. Yeah, right. So, I don't know. So, it's a little it's a little above and beyond. Yeah. It's a little cruel and unusual at this point. Yeah. The Bernie, considering he's an alien. The Benin minister says this is cruel and unusual, pretty yeah. much. Um, 
So she tells the Benians that she's going to send Paris and Kim back via shuttlecraft because they don't want to risk hurting Paris with the transporter. Uh-huh. Uh, so Kim and Paris are on the shuttlecraft and some, and a Numiri ship comes to uh, chase down the shuttlecraft and capture it. And uh, it turns out this is all part of Tuvok's plan. So it's fine. <laughs> oh, Tuvok. So the Numeri, it turns out the Numeri are after Paris. Uh, they have a picture of Paris, and they said, we got to get this guy <laughs> right before they can grab him, but right before they can grab Paris and Kim. Uh, both of them are beamed back to Voyager. And Janeway tells the Numeri that the shuttle is rigged to explode, and uh, they want their shuttle back. Otherwise, Jane will, Janeway will detonate the, uh, the shuttlecraft in. Thus, the Numiri ship as well. Nice. Which I made a note of. That's pretty hardcore. Yeah, exactly. She's really kicked it up a notch this episode. Uh, I also noted that the Numiri kind of looked like that guy from uh, The Last Starfighter. Oh, yeah. The guy who's like, you know, kind of the mentor to the Earthling. Mm-hmm. Well, and we also haven't talked about how... Um, the Benians, uh look kind of like weird owl people. Yeah. They like, ha- they have feathery heads, but then they have hair. Or at least, I guess the guys kind of have, like, the guys have fully feathery heads. But then Liddell has this feathered head, but then it, she's got her, like, blonde femme fatale hair <laughs> growing out of the feathers. Yeah. So it kind of looks like, she, it's kind of gross, I thought. <laughs> it's like she's kind of molting or something. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it was a cool-looking... I mean, I've definitely never seen an alien like this on Star Trek before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was cool, but it was also kind of gross, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, look at me. I'm saying that this looks gross. And, you know, maybe I wouldn't make the best Starfleet officer who has to go around and, like, encounter new, <laughs> it's like, new oh, aliens. Gross. Oh, gross. <laughs> Get off my ship. <laughs> well, Paris certainly didn't seem to mind. No, no. I mean, he's really. I guess he's got the right, the right attitude, right? Like, and the, people are people. And the Benians look much more humanish, humanoid. Yeah, true. Uh, they just got different hair than than the new. I mean, they have dogs too, like human dogs, basically. Mm, and they smoke. Hmm. It's very Earth-like. Anyways, um, yeah. This is another case of. Uh, the audience can sympathize with the Benians because they look more human, and mm-hmm. the Numiri are basically monsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the Benians have dogs. Yeah, homely dogs, but dogs. They have dogs. Yeah. So back on Benia, Tuvok gathers everyone involved. Uh oh, this is the big reveal. Yeah, he's gonna tell us how it was done. Yep, it was the butler. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Uh, he explains that the memory was tampered with. Mm, because so much for that. Uh, so much for that. No tampering thing. Yeah, and uh, he says his main piece of evidence is that Paris is taller than Liddell, but in the memory they're both the same height. Mm, that's an astute observation. Also, the killer aimed directly for the Benian heart, which Paris would not know where that was. Right, because it's not in the same spot as right. on a human. Right. Um, Tuvok says the killer was a Numeri agent because there are symbols on the on Paris's memory. 
Right, along the bottom, right? Right. You see them kind of running, and, and you you think, oh, well, these must just be some part of the, the process or whatever. Exactly. But uh, Tuvok explains, this is not part of the process. This is the first time that numbers and letters appeared on a memory. Um, it turns out these symbols are equations taken from uh, Tolan's weapons research. Oh, right. So this memory was supposed to be a uh, way to get weapons technology or weapons research to the new Miri. Uh-huh. So, then, you know, Paris would be captured by the new Miri. You know, he's the unwitting courier. Yeah, they'd pull out the implants and then they'd have their weapons research. Yep. So I guess it, it kind of makes sense that, I mean, it's, it's kind of clever. Um, and it makes sense that, you know, before this, Paris, I guess you would say, is the only person that's seen. Well, I guess, or no, I guess it's not true. I was going to say, well, Paris would probably be the only person who's seen the memory with the numbers on it, the, the equations encoded at the bottom. But didn't they, weren't there others looking at it at the beginning to kind of convict him? That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I thought, well, if Tuvok's the only other person that's seen it, I mean, Tom Paris isn't going to think there's anything out of the ordinary if he sees a bunch of numbers at the bottom of his vision, right? right and then Tuvok's He's, not going to know that these, but he did. That these numbers are, well, I mean, he, he that knew. they mean something, yeah. He knew that after doing research, but right, in, right. initially he wouldn't really know. But I guess the you know what I was thinking was that no one else would have seen these numbers who would actually know what they meant. So whoever did this must have thought, oh, I'm in the clear. But I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I could rewatch some of it, but the beginning. But I'm pretty sure that at the beginning you see that the entire time. So oh well. I don't know. I mean, how, hmm. I mean, basically, how else could they have convicted Paris if they didn't see the memory? Right. Hmm. 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 Okay. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So uh, Tuvok says that it was the doctor, the Dubinian doctor, who did it because he had access to the memory. Mm. Um. And he's the same height as Liddell. Uh. He knew of Paris's movements to and from Voyager. So there's a lot of evidence pointing to the doctor. Uh. The final nail in the coffin is uh, Tuvok says, get the dog to the Binion Doctor, and the dog <laughs> is extremely friendly to the Binion Doctor, uh, whereas before, the dog was completely unfriendly to strangers. Uh-huh. So, obviously, yeah. the dog knows the Doctor. Right, so when you kind of think back through the episode, you're like, oh yeah, right, when Paris meets the when when Paris meets the, the couple and the Doctor and Liddell and meets the dog, the dog doesn't like him. Right. The dog's barking at him. But in the memory, the dog's fine with him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when Tuvok went down to question Liddell, she makes mention that, oh, the dog doesn't like strangers. Mm-hmm. Back on Voyager, Paris and Tuvok talk in the galley. Uh, Paris says, why don't you socialize with anyone? Tuvok says, I prefer to read than to, you know, make friendships. And uh, Paris says, well, too bad. We're friends. Right. And, nice. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. So, um, so it was the doctor, but the doctor was actually working with Liddell, right? The doctor was working with Liddell, and they were both working with the new Miri. Right. 
Man, you just can't trust those femme fatales. Well, that's what they're <laughs> called, femme fatales. Yeah, well, Paris, you know, maybe that will make Tom Paris think twice next time before, you know, smooching the the married woman mm-hmm. on the alien world that he's just landed <laughs> on. Yeah, it was the uh, doctor who was in place of Paris in that memory. Oh, right, right, right. Well, so I had a question. Yes. About this episode. Did did they ever explain why... Um, I guess they did. They explained why Paris and Kim went down on a shuttlecraft instead of um, yeah, they wanted to beaming down. They wanted to avoid the Numeri patrols. Uh, mm-hmm. In order to beam down, they'd have to get Voyager closer to Benia, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they couldn't sneak past the Benia or the Numeri patrols uh, oh, with Voyager. Right, but oh, the other thing though is that they never explained that I can remember. They never explained why they went there in the first place. Um, there was something to do with some engineering stuff i don't know oh okay i mean as long as there's i mean they don't need my permission to do stuff (laughs) but i'm thinking you know we've heard now several times in the first few episodes of the series about how you know people are kind of like don't like that they're taking all these pit stops like they just kind of want to get back yeah and and neelix had said something similar that oh, why is Janeway getting everyone in trouble all the time? Why aren't they just staying the course? But then Neelix is the one who suggested that they meet with the Benians in the first place. Okay. Well, maybe there was a good reason for it. Yeah. Some sort of, you know, maybe they needed something on the ship. Or I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to boss them around and say they can't get off the ship every once in a while. But, I mean, if they really want to get home, they should be, you know, full steam back to the Alpha Quadrant. (laughs) Yeah. So what did you think of this episode? I actually really liked it. I liked it because it's a film noir episode. It's a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And seeing Tuvok get all the clues and piece everything together was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good to see Tuvok doing stuff. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot, too. And it was actually an episode that I remembered. Um, I, I think I've probably seen this episode. This is probably the third time I've seen it. Uh, I remember when it first aired. Um, and then I, I watched it again, maybe a few years ago. And then, you know, I watched it for the, for this episode. Um, but I mean, I think that's a good testament to the fact that, that I really, you know, liked it, uh, because it, it really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, I thought it was a very memorable episode. Um, I, I don't know, maybe part of me kind of likes this sort of episode. There's definitely been episodes of, uh, the original series, and um, I don't know about DS9 or or Enterprise, but there there was an episode of uh, original series called Wolf in the Fold, where um, basically Scotty uh, they're they're on sh- uh, shore leave on a planet, and Scotty is uh, not convicted or or on trial, but basically there's some murders, and they think Scotty did it. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, they have to prove his innocence. Um, there was also at least one episode I can remember of The Next Generation where um, Riker, uh, something happens and uh, basically people uh, involved are saying Riker did it. Uh, and Riker was responsible for, for what happens. And so he's kind of has to prove his innocence. So there's definitely a, a precedent for this sort of episode on Star Trek where, you know, you have something happen to uh, someone from Starfleet when they're on an alien world or they're, you know, kind of 
off the ship somewhere. Something happens, and they get blamed for it, and it's up up to the the rest of the crew to kind of prove their innocence, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there's definitely that that kind of uh, there are those raised stakes there. Uh, I love film noir, so I thought that was really cool. Right. Um, the fact that it was basically film noir in space. I mean, it doesn't really. It's a very kind of standalone episode. Um, not that I don't think it's good. I just think it's very standalone. It doesn't fit in at all into kind of the the story arc or whatever's going on, like the overall Voyager story. Mm-hmm. But then I guess, you know, other than them being trapped, or not trapped, but kind of lost out in the Delta Quadrant, there is no real kind of story yet, except they're trying to get back. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of taking Star Trek back to the basics, where they're exploring new worlds, new civilizations, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, this is entirely a new quadrant to explore. I mean, it's it's yeah, interesting. They they're on this alien world, and the and it's kind of like in a way, kind of saying like, no matter how far away you go, you're always going to find something. Things are kind of the same everywhere. Because they go to this other world that's in the Delta Quadrant, and the people are basically humans. They have dogs, <laughs> and they're smoking. Which I thought the smoking was a little weird. Like, I get it from the film noir kind of standpoint, but you'd think that this highly advanced civilization where they can transplant memories into people and stuff like that, they would have figured out that smoking's bad for you. Mm-hmm. But then maybe it's not a normal cigarette. Like, maybe it's some kind of, like, totally harmless <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? Right, right. Or a holographic cigarette. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was just cool to see Tuvok doing stuff. Neelix wasn't wasn't annoying. Um, And and this also did continue some storylines. Kess being the doctor's assistant. The doctor trying to find his own identity. Mm -hmm. Um, Even even if it was brief. I mean, they managed to fit stuff in there without it seeming like a big kind of, like, mess of different storylines. Yeah, and and Janeway was a badass in this episode. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, she wasn't messing around. But uh, no, I definitely liked it. I yeah, I do like that the way Tuvok was used. They basically they're like, oh, we've got a uh, we've got a, a a Vulcan on board. This would be the perfect opportunity to use his you know his logic to to its fullest potential. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess you know, in reading some of the the notes on this episode, it's it's interesting in that this was another one of those episodes that was written before they even cast the show, um, so they weren't quite you know they weren't quite sure how these these performances were going to be delivered, but apparently everyone involved was really happy with how it turned out. Um, I think I think the actor that uh, played Tom Paris really liked it too. I mean, obviously, he gets to be kind of the center of attention again (laughs) in an episode. Uh, It was very much, you know, I could really see this episode. Like I said, it it reminded me of some stuff from original series and Next Generation. You could totally see this being Kirk, um, you know, Kirk in the in the the Paris role, um, you know, because he was always going down to planets and kind of seducing the ladies and, you know, kind of sometimes getting in trouble for it. Um, I could also, though, have seen this being something that on Next Generation, maybe, that would have played out on the holodeck. Mm, yeah. Like, you could, you could almost see something similar happening, and then the holodeck going haywire, and the, the holodeck characters threatening to kill Paris or something. Like, they're 
programming was and the the safeguards were turned off and they were threatening to kill him because he killed a hologram or something. I wonder if there's ever been a Star Trek episode where one of the one of the holograms gets killed by a crew member and then the other holograms turn on them and say like yeah you killed the hologram and then there's like some weird like moral implications like is a hologram alive <laughs> <laughs> do they have the same right to live as the rest of us and you get the doctor involved well i mean that's what they're playing out on voyager right yeah basically except without hollow murder well, yeah. i guess yeah but just the idea of is the doctor a sentient being yeah, well, I just want to make it known now. We have this on uh, MP3 uh, as evidence that I have just written uh, the skeletal framework for a Star Trek fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe uh, maybe if we do this for a while, we'll have to revisit it and see how far we've gotten with the idea. Next week, we're going to talk about the episode Emanations. Ooh. Uh, episode 9 of season 1. That uh, that doesn't uh, sound like it has anything to do with time travel, so I think we're safe. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. <laughs> you never know. When it's Voyager, you never know. Oh, this one's going to be written by Brandon Bragg. I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, see you then. <laughs> <laughs>